Welcome to Teaching Through the Bible with Dr. Ken Sullivan. As a veteran senior pastor, Dr. Sullivan understands the importance of Bible teaching in the spiritual growth and development of God's people. Dr. Sullivan's method of teaching the Bible is to read and carefully explain each chapter and verse in clear and understandable terms so the student of the Bible gains the full understanding of God's Word. Now prepare yourself to learn and grow as Dr. Sullivan teaches through the Bible. Hello, and welcome to this session of Teaching Through the Bible. I'm Dr. Ken Sullivan. Today I'm teaching from the book of 1 Thessalonians. We're beginning in chapter 1, and I want to give you just a little bit of background on this. Uh, during Paul's second missionary journey, he visited the Roman province of Macedonia and started churches in Thessalonica, Berea, and Philippi. Acts chapter 17 records the details of how Paul, Silas, and their missionary team started the church at Thessalonica. After converting a company of people to Christ, Paul and Silas were driven out of Thessalonica to Berea, but they sent Timothy back to check on the infant church. The new saints had to abide in a hostile environment. Paul was very concerned about their survival. The, the, the uh, church of Thessalonica was suffering persecution and great moral temptation because it was surrounded by a culture of heathenism and sexual immorality. Now, God used the problems and circumstances of the early churches as teachable moments. When Paul wrote to these churches to answer questions or to address problems or to inform and instruct them, he was writing scripture by the inspiration of God. Every generation uses these inspired letters along with the rest of scripture to learn, to teach, to encourage, to correct, and to instruct in righteousness. That's found in 2 Timothy 3.16. Now let's begin our study of the book of 1 Thessalonians. I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible, chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. First of all, Paul opens his letter with his name, Paul. This is how he addressed all of his letters. Thirteen of his letters are written, and he opened them with this uh, designation, his name first. Most of them uh, began with the, the phrase, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. He may have felt the need to declare his apostleship because it had been challenged. He was not one of the original 12 apostles that Jesus Christ appointed. Jesus Christ came later on and, and saved Paul, who was a persecutor of the church, and uh, he made him an apostle and sent him out on the missionary trail. Uh, so this is possibly why he uh, addressed his letter with his name, Paul or Paul an Apostle. Now, after opening his letter, he immediately confirms to the Thessalonians that they are officially part of God's family, God's church. They are in God the Father, Paul says, and in the Lord Jesus Christ. As newly converted Christians, they needed to hear that. Uh, they were coming out of the world. They had been um, idolaters, surrounded by idolatry, and now they were converted to Christianity. They became followers of Jesus, Jesus Christ. They needed to be encouraged that they were indeed in the family of God, especially after having been separated uh, from Paul all of this time. After confirming them as part of the family, Paul pronounces a blessing of grace, that is God's favor and peace on them. Now let's look at verses 2 and 3. 
We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was a praying man. He taught prayer and he modeled prayer. He prayed for the Thessalonians uh, consistently and continually. Paul prayed for them. He gave thanks uh, to God for their faith and for their hope, for their love. Paul was overjoyed when he got the word back from Timothy that they were still standing firm in the faith, even though they had been facing great persecution and they were separated from Paul, their mentor. Their faith, Paul said, produced works. That is, their faith produced works of righteousness in their lives. A faith produces a change of conduct. They had converted from idolatry. They had turned from serving idol gods and paganism to serving the true and living God. And that was the testimony or the evidence of their faith. Their love for God, Paul said, also prompted labor. That is, hard work and great effort. So despite the challenges against them, despite the hostility, despite the persecution that they were facing, they were prompted to continue to labor for God and for the cause of Christ. Uh, and, and their labor was a demonstration of their love for God. Their hope in the Lord Jesus Christ, Paul said, inspired endurance. Uh, that is a continuation despite hardship and resistance. So despite the difficulties in their lives, they were continuing in God. Their hope in the Lord Jesus Christ inspired them to endure, that is to persevere. They were steadfast in their faith under affliction and under persecution. That again is the proof of their faith that they were able to withstand the challenges that came against them. They were stable in their faith they were not wavering in faith. Now let's read verses four through five. But we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. First, Paul confirms God's love for them. He says to them, you are loved by God. That's humbling to know that we are loved by God. And, and, and he's telling these Thessalonians that they were loved by God, which means that, that God, the creator of the universe, who knows everything there is to know about everything, who, who holds all power in his hands, loved them, and he knows them by name. So Paul confirms to them that God loves you. Then he tells them that they were chosen by God. That is, they were handpicked. It has to make you feel special to know that God, the creator of all things, handpicked you. And that's the way it is with all of us as Christians. God shows us in the beloved, the Bible says, before the foundation of the world, we were chosen in him. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you and I ordained you to go and bring forth much fruit. John 15, 16. The evidence that they had been chosen is the fact that Paul didn't use just words to convert them. Now, he used words, and, and those words were important. They're an important part uh, of, the, of the process of salvation. 
but the words were backed up by the Holy Spirit's power. So Paul said, we didn't just come to you in words, but we came to you in power, in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit confirmed the message with power, convincing power, persuasive power. The Spirit's power of persuasion caused the words to resonate in their hearts. They heard it and it was confirmed and convinced in their hearts. So they were persuaded that the words that Paul was speaking were not just his words, but they were words from God Almighty. The Holy Spirit also came with deep convicting power, Paul said, to convict them of their sins and to turn them away from those sins to God. When God saves us, I mean really saves us, a hunger and a thirst for righteousness immediately springs to life in our hearts. An earnestness to do right awakens within us. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. He gives us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. The Bible says in Philippians 2:12, it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So God is working inside of us. When we become Christian, Christians, he works inside of us, giving us the desire to obey and to do what is right, and then giving us the ability, the power of the Holy Spirit works in us, creating that hunger, creating that thirst to do right. We just want to do right, as the song says. Uh, and, and, and so that's the Holy Spirit who is working in us, uh, creating that hunger and that thirst, that desire to do right. Now let's look at verses five and six. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. Now, this is very important. It's a very important point. Paul and his team didn't only teach in words. They taught in action. They modeled the conduct and lifestyle of a true Christian. They lived the kind of life they wanted these new converts to live. The Thessalonian saints listened to Paul's words and watched his life. It's often easier to follow conduct than it is to follow words. But when you have words and conduct matching up, you get a clear message about how to live. Paul is famous for saying, follow me as I follow Christ, 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. So Paul set the example for them. He taught them the word of God. He set the example for them. And so they believed that the word that they heard was not just the word of men. They knew that it was a word of, of God. And so they followed Paul's teaching. An important point of leading people, or that is an important part of leading people to Christ is modeling a Christ-like lifestyle. Christianity is infiltrated with people who think they can claim the faith, but not live the life. So we have all kinds of corrupt people claiming to be Christians and totally confusing the world of unbelievers. Paul taught the word, but he also modeled the word. He set the example of what he was teaching. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, John 14, 15. If you love me, do what I say. If you love me, obey me. St. John said, dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous, 1 John 3, 7. 
In verse six, Paul went on to praise the Thessalonian saints for welcoming the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. So despite the fact that they were suffering great persecution, they were suffering great affliction. In fact, the same people who persecu persecuted Paul for bringing the message continued to persecute the Thessalonians for receiving the message and living the message. So despite that great persecution, these people had joy. They were suffering, but they still had joy. They had joy, the joy of knowing that they had salvation, that, that they were now in the family of God, that they had eternal life, that no matter what happened to them, they were going to live forever. Even if they died, they were going to rise again. They knew about the resurrection. They knew about heaven. And so their hearts were filled with joy that they had found the way of righteousness. They were right in the middle of being severely persecuted for this same message about Christ, but they not only welcomed it, they had the Holy Spirit's joy in the middle of their suffering. Paul talked about endurance through hardship with joy. Endurance through hardship with joy is a sure and certain work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. When you can have joy, despite the fact that you're going through hardship, whether it's persecution or just the difficulties of life, because we all face hardships in this life. But if you can have joy when you're in the middle of difficult circumstances, then that is a sure sign that the Holy Spirit is working in you. Over and over again in scripture, joy, gladness, and rejoicing is mentioned in the lives of those turning from sin to Christ, because it's the good news of new life and freedom. Now let's look at verses seven and eight. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, your faith in God has become known everywhere. So now not only did God keep the Thessalonians from falling, but he made them a model for other believers to follow. They were examples of steadfastness. Now, they had been sort of hastily led to Christ because Paul came in and he spent some time with them, but not a lot of time, not the time that he wanted to spend because he was driven out of town. But despite that fact, God had anchored them in the word. And not only were they standing, Paul sent Timothy back to check on them because Paul and Silas couldn't go back to Thessalonica. They were driven out. Uh, and so Timothy came back or sent back the message that they were standing firm. So Paul was overjoyed when he found out that not only were they standing firm, they were a model to other Christians. Not only did they abide in the faith, they carried the message of Christ to others. Despite the suffering and persecution, they carried the word. They testified of the goodness of God. Their example of faith became known throughout Macedonia, Achaia, and beyond. Now, verses 9 and 10. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, but they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, 
who rescues us from the coming wrath. Before Paul had a chance to brag to other people about the faith of the Thessalonians, others were telling him about the Thessalonians. Their fame had gone out. Their, their faith had gone out. The fact that they were models of, of faith in Christ, it had began to spread because these people were not being silent about their faith. Despite being persecuted, they didn't run and hide. They were bold. They had the good news and they knew they had to share it. So they began to share. People were talking about how the Thessalonians had readily received Paul's message with joy and gratitude. People were talking about how they showed their faith by turning to the living and true God and turning away from idols. They didn't just accept Christ and continue to worship idols. They turned to God from sin. They turned to God from, from their idols. They believed that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, that God raised him from the dead, and they were eagerly awaiting his return from heaven. So they had the whole package. They had the whole message. Uh, they knew that God was a blessing to them in this life, and they knew that they had heaven ahead of them. So they were going around sharing this message of new life, eternal life, and the message of, of heaven. They fully expected Jesus to rescue them from the coming wrath of God. The full weight of their confidence was in Christ. Their whole worldview had changed. Paul had had so little time to nurture their faith before being driven out, but his efforts had paid out, uh, had paid off. The Thessalonians were rooted in Christ and were growing in grace and knowledge. Paul was overjoyed with their progress and praised them before God. So Paul was just overjoyed. He was pleased. He had gone out and, and planted this fruit in the lives of the Thessalonians. He wasn't sure how it was going to turn out. He was driven out uh, hastily and without notice. And so he was anxious about how they were doing. He gets the good news that they are standing firm. And not only are they standing firm, they are carrying the good news of the gospel to others. Well, that completes our study of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. We'll cover chapter 2 in our very next study. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Teaching Through the Bible with Dr. Ken Sullivan. We hope this program has benefited you in your Christian walk. For a free download of this program and to browse Dr. Sullivan's books, videos, and audio titles, visit our website at EmergeCurriculum.com. Please tune into our next teaching session on Vision Stream Network or listen on demand from our podcast. Trust you've enjoyed this teaching. I want you to know that my book, Teach Me About Heaven, it's available on Amazon.com, or you can get it at www.EmergeCurriculum.com.